0: Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee, because today we are going to be discussing the book of 1 Samuel. Howdy, faithful listeners. This is Jen with the Bible Explained podcast. And I recommend that you go and grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea this morning as we discuss 1 Samuel chapter 6 today. And we're going to talk about the Ark coming back to the Israelite territory, because where we left off last time, the Philistines had had the Ark and things were just not going well with them. And so they wanted to give the Ark of the Covenant back to the Israelites because instead of looking at it as a blessing, they were viewing it as a curse to them, even though it really could have been a huge blessing to them. So that's where we left off last time. And today we're going to be reading 1 Samuel chapter 6, verses 13 through 21. And we're going to learn about some of the problems that the Israelites have now that they have the ark back. <laughs> the Philistines just went through some problems. Now the Israelites are going to have some problems. So let's see what God's word has to say about this. I'll be reading on the WEB as usual. The people of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley and they lifted up their eyes and saw the ark and rejoiced to see it. The cart came into the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh and they stood there where there was a great stone. Then they split the wood of the cart and offered up the cows for a burnt offering to Yahweh. The Levites took down Yahweh's ark and the box that was with it in which the jewels of gold were and put them on the great stone And the men of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and sacrificed sacrifices that same day to Yahweh. When the five lords of the Philistines had seen it, they returned to Ekron that same day. These are the golden tumors, which the Philistines returned for a trespass offering to Yahweh for Ashdod one, for Gaza one, for Eshkelon one, for Gath one, and for Ekron one. And the golden mice, according to the number of all the cities of the Philistines belonging to the five lords, both of fortified cities and of country villages, even to the great stone on which they set down Yahweh's Ark. That stone remains to this day in the field of Joshua of Beth Shemesh. He struck the men of Beth Shemesh because they looked into Yahweh's Ark. He struck 50,070 of the men. Then the people mourned because Yahweh had struck the people with a great slaughter. The men of Beth Shemesh said, Who is able to stand before Yahweh, this holy God, To whom shall he go up from us? They sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kiriath-Jerim, saying, The Philistines have brought back Yahweh's Ark. Come down and bring it up to yourselves. So if you guys recall what we talked about on Wednesday, we chatted about the Philistines trying to get rid of the Ark of the Covenant and just wanting to get rid of God actually completely, even though they knew that God was way more powerful than the gods that they were worshiping. They just wanted to get Yahweh out of Philistine territory because they wanted everything to go back to normal. So they looked at the Ark of the Covenant as a burden to them because God had sent a plague to them because they were in disobedience to God. And so they looked at the Ark of the Covenant as a burden, as the thing that had caused this terrible curse, this terrible plague to come upon them. So what we talked about on Wednesday was that the Philistines were hatching up this plan to try to get rid of the Ark of the Covenant while at the same time forcing God to perform a miracle for them. And how they did that was they loaded up the Ark of the Covenant on the back of a a cart and then they put two cows at the front of the cart who had just given birth to babies, two little calves. And so obviously cows that have just given birth want to be with their little calves. They don't want to be hooked up to a cart, especially if they had never been hooked up to a cart before, which that was the case for these cows as well. And so the Philistines thought up this plan that if the cows went straight on the road to the town of Beth Shemesh, then that means that God was the one who truly did bring that curse to the Philistines. However if the cows tried to go off the path to eat or tried to go home to their calves or tried to do anything other than walk straight down the path to Beth Shemesh then that meant that the plagues happened to them by chance okay <laughs> and so they're trying to to have god do this miracle because the average normal cow obviously would not want to walk a straight path with a cart hooked up to them, especially if they had just given birth to a baby. Right. So um, (laughs) but that is exactly what the cows end up doing. They walk straight down the road and they didn't even veer to the left or to the right. They like literally walked straight to Beth Shemesh. And the Philistines aren't guiding this cart at all. They're just seeing what's happening and they're walking behind it, wondering what the cows are going to do. And so the cows... You know, listen to God's will, and God performs a miracle for the Philistines right there in front of their eyes, and the cows get to Beth Shemesh. So meanwhile, the Philistine lords that were walking behind the cart are viewing everything that is happening in Beth Shemesh. And so that's where we leave off today. So the cart with the cows and the Ark of the Covenant on it, along with the chest of gold that the Philistines gave with the Ark of the Covenant as well, that's all in the Ark. And it says now in verse 13, the people of Beth Shemesh were reaping their wheat in the valley. And so they looked up and they saw the ark and they rejoiced to see it. Because don't forget that the Israelite people actually looked at the ark as almost like a good luck charm and as a symbol that God was with the Israelites. So where the ark was was where God was, according to the Israelites. And ideally, that was kind of how it worked, because the Ark of the Covenant was actually supposed to be God's resting place. So the Holy Spirit was technically supposed to sit on top of the Ark of the Covenant. But because of the Israelites' sin of taking the Ark of the Covenant out of the temple and taking it to battle, almost as if trying to force God to fight for the Israelites, God was not with the Israelites and the Ark of the Covenant had no power because the Israelites were almost in a way worshiping the Ark of the Covenant, but you don't worship the Ark of the Covenant. You worship God. You don't worship man-made things. You worship God. So it says here that the people look at the Ark of the Covenant coming into Beth Shemesh on the back of a cart, and they rejoiced very greatly because the Ark was back. And that meant that God had not left the Israelite people. And so that's probably what is going through their minds. They're probably like, oh my gosh, a miracle has just happened. We have our Ark of the Covenant back. And, you know, they probably thought that they would never get it back, the Israelites. I'm sure every single person was in deep mourning over the fact that the Ark of the Covenant was gone because it held so much value to the Israelite people. And now it's back. So the Israelites immediately do something contrary to the Old Testament law. (laughs) They sacrifice the two cows. And why is that against the Old Testament law? Well, because when people offered a burnt offering, It was never supposed to be female animals. It was supposed to be a male animal. And obviously cows are female. And so the Israelites immediately sacrificed the two cows that were pulling the cart with the Ark of the Covenant and broke one of the Old Testament laws of sacrifice. You do not sacrifice a female animal as a burnt offering. Now, there were some offerings where you could offer a female animal. I don't remember which ones, but I know specifically that you were not supposed to sacrifice female animals as a burnt offering. So that was the first way that they broke the one of the Old Testament laws. The second way was because they did not offer the sacrifice at the proper place. So, so far, the Israelites within the first like 10 minutes of receiving the Ark did two things to violate God's law. They did not sacrifice correctly and they did not sacrifice in the right place. So they tore up the cart, they killed the two cows, and then they offered the sacrifice. Now, a lot of people think that this was a good thing that they did because, you know, cows and carts are very expensive. And so the Is- Israelite people were trying their best to please God. But nothing that they were doing in verses 14 through 21 was actually in line with the Old Testament laws at all. Like almost nothing that they did was properly following what God told them to do. And let me continue this further. It says that they took some Levites who were in Beth Shemesh and they put the Ark of the Covenant on the Levites' shoulders, which is actually a good thing. That was the one thing that they did correctly was the Levites were supposed to carry the Ark of the Covenant. It was never supposed to be carried on the back of a cart the way the Philistines had done it. Now, granted, the Philistines didn't have the Old Testament law. They did not know how to handle the Ark of the Covenant. But the Israelites, and especially the Levites, were supposed to know how to handle the Ark of the Covenant because they would have grown up learning these things, especially if they were Levites and especially if they were priests, which I'm sure some of these Levites in this city were priests, but yet they did almost nothing correct. So they take the Ark of the Covenant and they put it on a rock in this field of this man named Joshua for all the people to see. OK, so there's this <laughs> the third thing that they do wrong. The Ark of the Covenant was not supposed to be seen by hardly anybody. The only person that was supposed to see the Ark of the Covenant was the high priest. So that would have been Samuel at this point in time. But now the Levites are putting it up on a rock so that all these people can see it and view it and look at it and potentially touch it. But once again, the Ark of the Covenant was not supposed to be touched by anybody. It was God's resting place. It was very, very holy. It was set apart. Even the high priest could barely ever look at it or touch it. And even the Levites who were supposed to carry it around, they weren't also allowed to touch the Ark of the Covenant like the body of it. They were only allowed to touch the poles that came out of the Ark of the Covenant. That was all the Levites were supposed to do. Now, I don't know if the Israelites were worshiping the Ark of the Covenant in verse 15, but it's almost like they were setting it up to be worshipped, if that makes sense. So here's what it says in verse 15. The Levites took down Yahweh's ark and the box that was with it in which the jewels of gold were, which the Philistines had sent along, and put them on the great stone. And the men of Beth Shemesh offered burnt offerings and sacrificed sacrifices that same day to Yahweh. Now, here's a huge problem that I don't think a lot of People pinpoint when reading this portion of scripture. And the problem is, is that the lords of the Philistines are watching everything that is happening. The reason that is so important is because the Israelites at this point in time were the ones who are supposed to show God to the world, and they were doing everything wrong. And the Philistines are watching all of this and they're watching the Israelites do the same things that the Philistines do. They're being a bad example of Israel and what God put in place. And this is why it is so, so important for us as Christians to live as the light, because Jesus tells us that we are the light of the world and the way we live Other people are going to look at that. Other people are going to see us as Christians and be like, how are they any better than me? What are they doing differently? Why would I want to be like them if they're not different than me? What's the point? So if a Christian is saying that they're a Christian, but living a life that is exactly the same as everybody else, then other people are going to look at that and see no value in living a Christian life. And you never know who is going to be looking at you because the Israelites here did not know that they were being watched. They did not know that they were being watched by the five most powerful Philistines that there were. These five lords of the Philistines were watching them, the leaders the kings, the princes, whatever you want to look at, whatever you want to call them, rather, were watching the Israelites. So that's why it's so important to be the light of the world, because you never, ever know who is going to be watching you and where they are going to be watching you. You have to be careful. So the Philistines are watching all of this. They see the Israelites acting exactly the same way that they acted like, and they leave. That's all that happens is they leave. And we don't know what happened to the lords of the Philistines after this. We don't know if they started worshiping Yahweh because they had seen a great miracle that God had done with, you know, the two cows pulling the Ark of the Covenant right into Beth Shemesh. That was a great miracle that they wanted and asked for. They saw God's power displayed in their region. But yet we don't know what happened after that. And unfortunately, the Israelites did not show God. To the Philistines the way they should have. So in verse 16, it says, when the five lords of the Philistines had seen it, they returned to Ekron that same day. And directly after this, it talks about how God struck 70 men. So it went from complete joy and happiness on the Israelites part to mourning and sadness almost immediately <laughs> because God struck 70 men Of Beth Shemesh. And we do not know who these men were. We don't know if they were Levites or just an ordinary person or whoever. We don't know. But the reason God struck the 70 men was because they crossed the line. They touched and looked inside of the Ark of the Covenant. And you might be like, well, that seems like such a harsh punishment. Why did God do that? But everything that the Israelites did was contrary to the law up until this point in time. And then they crossed the the line. They violated what was God's. The Ark of the Covenant was God's. And what was inside of the Ark of the Covenant was also God's. And no one, no one was supposed to look inside the Ark of the Covenant. That was for God's knowledge only. And let me point something out to you. Even the Philistines knew not to open up the Ark of the Covenant. (laughs) The Philistines, who were not Israelite people, who had no knowledge or very little knowledge of the law of God, knew not to open up the Ark of the Covenant. And they didn't even put their gold jewels that they had given along with the Ark of the Covenant Inside the Ark of the Covenant, they placed it next to the Ark of the Covenant inside of a chest that was on the cart. So even the Philistines knew not to open up the Ark of the Covenant, but the Israelites just fully disobeyed God from the moment the cows entered into Israel with the Ark of the Covenant. Not to mention, they were a bad example to the Philistine lords that were watching them. So what can we learn from this portion of scripture? There's two things that we can take away from this. The first one being we need to shine our lights and we need to shine them the right way. We need to not live as the world wants us to live, but as God expects us and requires us to live so that we can properly show what a Christian life truly means to the world. So that's the first thing we can learn from this portion of scripture. The second thing is that we need to be very careful with how we worship God. Because when we start worshiping God, doing whatever we want to do, it can get disrespectful towards God very, very quickly. I'm sure that you've seen videos of, you know, worship concerts or big mega churches or something like that, where everybody on the stage just seems so ingenuine, especially if they start saying things that are contrary to scripture, which they often do. And don't get me wrong. I don't think all mega churches are, you know, against God or that every single church service that is big and has a light show is against God because I actually really like going to concerts. I actually recently went to a, uh, a Matthew West concert and I loved it. I thought it was amazing and it was extremely worshipful. The point is we need to be very careful with how we worship God. We need to be doing it very genuinely And with a heart toward him, because if we don't have our heart toward God, when we are worshiping God, like I said, it can, it can turn very disrespectful very quickly. We can start worshiping ourselves. We can start worshiping what people think of us. We can start just worshiping anything really that pops into our mind, or maybe we are pretending to worship God and we're, our minds are a million miles away and we're not genuinely worshiping God. We have to be very, very careful with how we worship God. Because if we say we're Christians, we worship God. And honestly, there's no point in worshiping God if we aren't going to be genuine when we do it. And if we aren't going to do it the way God asks us to do it, there's no point. So we need to make sure that we are worshiping God with a genuine heart. Well, after this, the Ark of the Covenant in verse 21 went to Kiriath-Jerim, and it actually stayed there for some years. And we'll end up talking more about the Ark of the Covenant once King David becomes the king because he ends up retrieving it. But anyway, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I hope you find value in this podcast and, uh, that you've been enjoying the journey, if you do find value in it, I ask that you actually pray for this ministry and pray for me that I continue to speak God's word correctly and in the way that he wants me to. So just pray for God's will with this ministry. And uh, that is one way actually that you can support P40 Ministries and the Bible Explained podcast is just pray for us because prayer is so, so powerful. Faith listeners, I'm going to just let you go. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your Friday and also a fantastic weekend as well. I'll see you all on Monday for another episode out of First Samuel. Until then, happy listening and God.